everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm here with Lewis again to uh, to record this podcast. Say hello, Lewis. Hi, how's it going? I'm very well, thanks. You right? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So we recorded the first actually, and we got a really, really good reception to it. Um, I was quite overwhelmed with uh, the reception to that first podcast. Um, and unfortunately, it's taken us six months to get round to recording the second one. Um, and there is there is good reason for that as well. So, Lewis, just at the time we recorded, uh, you got a job with uh, Little Lizard Gaming in Dublin. Mm-hmm. So soon after the podcast, you moved out. And it's just taken us time to get your computer over there and for you to get established and sort it out. Yeah, basically just get comfortable in, uh, in the new surroundings. So, um, yeah. So now you've got your setup out there and everything. So uh, we're now uh, back on to um, back to recording. Back on track. Back on yeah. track. And hopefully we'll be back onto a more regular cadence of this as well. So yeah, hopefully it's like we'll be able to do the one a month that we originally planned for this. Yeah, so we should be able to get get back on that. Okay, so for today's uh, episode, um, the theme we're going for for today's um, we're we're talking about dystopian futures. So. Back in the 80s, uh, a lot of anime was um, was kind of had a, a theme of dystopia. So there was a lot of stuff like Fist of the North Star, the post-apocalyptic um, thing, Apple Seed, and a lot of the cyberpunk. You know, even like stuff like Ghost in the Shell essentially was was this kind of dystopian cyborg. Everything's connected. You know, it's quite far thinking. Um, it's, it's a theme you see a lot, lot. A lot less of today, but um, 80s uh, anime was—it was a quite a popular um, theme. So we're going to delve into that, and it's probably be this. I'm pretty certain won't be the last time, the first or the last time we delve into this, because there's a there's a wreath of anime from from the sort of late 70s to the mid 90s that that, that dealt with this theme. So uh, mm, mm. so um, we'll go into it. So the two we've got today, we're going to review. Um, Hyper Future Vision Gun, better known in the West as Battle Angel or Battle Angel Alita, and um, something a little bit more obscure, um, Grey Digital Target. Now, I've chosen these two um, because there is a bit of a common theme in, in both both of these anime. Um, you've got, you know, the common man living in a hellish future, looking to get to some sort of unobtainable uh, utopia. Okay, so um, so with that, the first we're going to record today, uh, well, the first... Uh, first review as such, we'll be uh, looking at Alita, we'll wouldn't it? Yeah, we're going to look at Alita. So Battle, so Battle Angel Alita um, is its Western name. Uh, so its Japanese name, Future Hypervision Gun, G-U-N-N, bizarre name. Sure. Yeah, I can see why it's westernised, um, but then again, yeah. most things are. Okay, so Gun was um, a two-episode OVA released in 1993. Um, adapt for, adapts the first two volumes from a very long-running manga, uh, still actually running today. Manga was created by Yukito Kishiro. Um, actually had a few uh, personal problems and it was on hold for a while. Um, there was a thing on Imagination about it a few years ago and he's, he's restarted it. The anime is directed by Hiroshi Fukutomi, uh, who was actually mainly a storyboard artist, um, and he didn't actually direct very much else other than the uh, Galactic Patrol Lensman TV series, which was the TV series of the 
of the film we reviewed in the first episode. Uh, So another interesting thing is that James Cameron actually bought the rights to this um, Mm. a couple of years ago and talked about doing it after he made the uh, Avatar sequels, but in the last six months there's been a lot of uh, cast and announcements, so uh, it's obviously gaining some traction, so I'm I'm sure that's something we'll see in the next few years. Okay. Mm. So, Gun, Battle Angel, what's it about? So, in the future... A uh, big scrap heap float uh, that sits below a giant utopian city called Zalem, and uh, Doctor Edo finds the still alive remains of a female cyborg, and he takes her back to his place, and rebuilds her and calls her Galley. At Doctor Edo's, she meets a young boy called Hugo, who's a kind of odd job man, um, but he has this desire to uh, get to Zalem and will do anything to get there. So. In this hellish city called Scrap Iron City, uh, most people are cyborgs and there's this black market of people stealing spines because the spine is the one thing that can't be recreated. Dr. Edo, who was once a, a, a resident of Zalem and has a little sort of mark on his head that the residents had, got kicked out and became what's known as a hunter-warrior. And hunter-warriors were, were bounty hunters who um, who effectively replaced the police in Scrap Iron City and he goes round hunting down these spine thieves. Galley turns out to be this kind of super warrior, and she becomes a hunter warrior along with Edo, and they both discover that Hugo is one of these spine thieves, and he's doing it to pay a gang boss to get him to Zalem, but it's all a scam, and you know he's never going to get there, and he's, uh, the, the, this gang boss is taking the money. And there's a bit of backstory that Hugo's brother wanted to go to Zalem and try to get there in a hot air balloon, uh, but his wife stitched him up and reported him and uh, and he was ultimately killed by Hunter Warrior. And the same one goes after Hugo um, after the bounty is put on his head by uh, Galley and Edo. Edo saves him and cyborgs him after he's cut up and sort of spliced by the Hunter Warrior. But then Hugo tries to climb these um, pipe, supply pipes up to Zalem and is cut down by a a razor ring that keeps all the rodents off them and he uh, galley tries to rescue him and he he ends up falling to his death but dies a happy death because he met he met galley so um so that's that's the uh, story of uh, gum so lou what did you uh, what did you think of it it was uh, a lovely i think it's a lovely portrayal of a dystopian future it was visually obtainable it was it was like looking up to the skies and you could see it. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, shots, the well-established shots uh, portrayed that as being the utopia quite nicely. So it wasn't uh, an unobtainable. Go- well, it didn't seem like an unobtainable goal for the residents who were looking up at it because it's it's definitely a visual thing and it's um and there's evidence of it you know throughout um where uh, Ido Dr. Ido is you know a resident or used to be a resident as such. So it, it does it does feel like this world has a cycle to it. As, as it were. Yeah. I, uh, I, I did I did feel it was maybe a little bit light-hearted for something that should have felt a little bit darker. Yeah, I think there was... Yeah, I agree. So I think... I, I thought Galli, the, the, the sort of the love story between Galli and Hugo was quite convincing. I thought that, that worked very, very well. Um, yeah, and it provided some light-heartedness... Um, to it and i think there was like there was good emotional development to them um 
you know, I think their story was was very good. And within what effectively is a very short running time, it's two episodes, two 25 minute episodes. So the runtime is only only 50 minutes. Yeah, what it does with the narrative is, is very well put together. You get your inciting incident very early on when she finds out that uh, Dr. Rido is, in fact, a hunter warrior. Yeah. Uh, and she follows him just to make sure that he's, he's going to be okay. And that's all a very believable sort of situation. And she ends up through that engagement where he's heading for the bounty that she's actually just super good yeah, at combat. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and as quick as it goes by, you're willing to accept it because it was a high octane situation. It still keeps the pace through. So when she decides that, yes, this is what she wants to do, um, that inciting incident is, is very convincing for the early part. And for, for such a, run, a short run time, I was very, very impressed with that. Yeah, it, it, it was very well paced. It, it, it didn't feel like it was trying to cram too much in. Um, mm. but it kind of, there was some obvious stuff that got left out. So obviously, Edo and, and his girlfriend or ex-girlfriends, who was another a cyborg doctor, um, their whole story of why they got kicked out of um, asylum, you know, I'm pretty sure in the in the manga it probably goes into quite a bit about that. But yeah. I mean, you you never you never knew what happened there. It's just they've done something bad, obviously, and they've been kicked mm. out, and he's now living in this in this hellhole, sort of scratching a living out. Um, and he seems very content as like a character. Mm. His, his is he he is adapted to his role in in life and and she can't quite grasp how he's done it and how he's still well known and still living out like there's not there's not a problem because she cannot grasp this this lifestyle yeah. and she feels like sort of threatened and intimidated by this um, and i think that's really well portrayed as well and i think it's that the dioptomy between the two of how he has accepted his fate as such and she can't accept her fate and the fact that she's mm-hmm. been kicked out I think that's really good and that that's a really good playoff between those two characters mm. um, because she's a bit of a whore and sleeps around and kind of will do anything mm. um, to get back and you know people use her um, as, a, as a result so um, I thought that was I think the characters are very good and obviously I, I'm you know I've never read the uh, the manga but I guess the the manga goes into that, and the manga p- develops those characters very well, which has translated well to the anime. Mm, yeah, and you don't get so much of like this consistent antagonist. It's more like a, a looming presence and, and a series of grudges that get like uh, flung at you in, in different ways uh, through all the characters working together in different ways to meet different ends and goals. Because all of them have this very set idea of where they want to go and where, where they want to be, apart yeah. from Dr. Ida, who's just like, this is where I am. This is what I'm going to do to make a living. You've got um, the boy. He's, he's, he's obsessed with Hugo. He's obsessed with getting to that paradise and, mm. and living out that dream that yeah. his brother couldn't. Um, it just wants to do it for him. And, and Gally, she's... Well, because she's got like, no memory, she's kind of again, she's like mm. this ch- new child in this in this world, isn't she? Yeah, and she's like a catalyst for others' sort of roles in their mm. lives, like finding finding their place. Um, and it, she can't quite tie the one person that she does want to have around down, which is Hugo in this yeah, case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of them like the, the, the antagonistical approach is just very fast paced. Like you're never fighting the same 
situation over and over again. It's just a, a different looming antagonist that ends up like taking the forefront at some given time. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I, I agree. And she's um, yeah, like I say, because and because she's she has this innocence because she doesn't have that memory. Mm. Like I say, she just everything's kind of new to her, and you know, and like mm. I say, because she's this you know enigma almost um, to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, she sort of does sort of fuel everyone else's um, lives. So yeah, and the the way that her face is drawn as well is very clean and and contrasting mm. to the world around her. It's like this, yeah, it is pure, it's just purity. Because uh, uh, actually, that's that's a good point. The because the character animation, the style, the, the, all the sort of pencil marks that mm. highlight the shading give give a lot of people a bit of a a kind of grubby. Yeah. Weathered sort of look, and yeah, and Gally doesn't quite have that. She has that, no. like I say, that cleaner, especially with the sort of striking bob, you know. And she's meant to be very attractive and yeah, soft featured, know, soft features, yeah. unthreatening, but you know, has a has a strong <laughs> fighting nails. presence. Yeah, hard <laughs> nails behind it. Yeah. yeah, which um, which you see because um, one of the things we both liked about this was that the had some really really good fight sequences. So. You know, against the, the the bigger cyborgs that um, that are sort of kind of terrorising uh, Scrap Iron City, there's some very very well choreographed um, action and fight sequences in it. Yeah, and it tried to be gory in places. Mm. It really tried to be dark. Yeah. Uh, but I was too forgiving of. I, I couldn't really take it all in as like being like, oh goriness, oh look away. Because it just felt a bit, because it, maybe maybe a little bit overcompensating for how some of the characters inter, interacted in the scenes with us, with especially with Galley and her soft features being like, oh, you know, everything's gonna be okay. Um, there, where, where like the next scene, all the gore hits, it's just like doesn't really hit me as as gritty as it should have been, in my opinion. Yeah, because it was one of those titles that, that that Manga Entertainment brought out in the in the mid '90s, probably not too many years after it actually. Uh, Mm. actually came out in in japan and you can see why they brought it over it's you know action gore fighting you know it mm. was it was an obvious title to uh to bring over really because manga entertainment at the time was all going for it you know it's not for kids it's all 15 certificated and and mm. everything yeah. you know so uh it's it was looking back it was an obvious title um uh like that but one of the other things i quite liked about it um was actually how you never saw Zalem. It always kept, I think it, it kept it, it could have spoiled it, you know, it could have spoiled it by showing something and, but you never knew and, and it was this sort of glistening city floating up in the sky. Mm. So it It brings you closer to their situation, doesn't Mm. it? Yeah, it really does. So I think that, I think that worked really, really well and the way they just kept looking up at Zalem and, you know, mm. aspiring to it, and this beautiful gleaming city just hung above them, which was which they could never get to, and and that was kind of the um, thing at the end of it, isn't it? Is that you know you could never get to it. People, the, the, yeah. you know, the people living in Scrap Iron City, it's it's a completely unattainable dream. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can only get booted out of it, really. Um, yeah. So that was so that was quite convincing. I think that in in kind of providing that backdrop and that sense of mystery about the world because you never know you'd never see anything beyond scrap iron city as far as you know 
you know, it's an apocalyptic world and there is the scrap iron city where the, the debris of the world lives. Society is, yeah. Society and is, and then above it is, is it, the yeah. utopia, which you never see. And you, I mm-hmm. mean, as far as you know, no one could be living up there. It could be, it could be nothing, you know, so... Mm. It's, you know, what are they pining for? You don't know. So, mm. and I guess I reckon the manga probably must have eventually showed, um, probably explained that a bit more. But I think it keeps a good sense of mystery. For such a short run time. Um, yeah. And I, I, I appreciate how difficult it is now yeah. to fit everything you want <laughs> to portray into such you can get away with so much if you're doing episodic series. Yeah. Um, and you can take, you can take upwards of five episodes or like, you know, which are 20 minutes each to fully build your characters and fully establish the world you're in. But to do it in two 25 minute episodes or how, how long was it? It didn't feel that long at all, did it? No, yeah, two 25 minute two, episodes. Yeah, it's two 25 minute episodes to, 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 to basically sell me a convincing world with likable characters. And a convincing backstory with only a flutter of, of their past uh, is very well done. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was good. I think it was well done with that. And again, I think it was quite good. I, you know, it's OVA, early nineties OVA uh, animation, so uh, it does look really nice. There's a nice level of detail. There's quite a lot of cells in there. You know, good. There's mm. a lot of good movement. Um, good, good music that that went with it as well. So I think, yeah, I think it's quite generally quite rounded um i say for me the only as good as it was it, i think there was there was a lot missing there was you know edo's backstory you got a bit more with Hugo, the whole zalem thing um, mm. i think while while it was good and fitted an awful lot of well paced well developed story within 50 minutes mm. I did. It was. It just did feel there was a load, load missing out of mm. it as well. So, I feel like I'm not worried about what I'm missing. Mm. If I'm pining for more, and I know there's a manga to back it up, I if I really, yeah, really yeah, want, I, that, I, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd probably just go forth and be like, you know what, I'll find a find out about Ido, and I do want to learn more about the characters and what they did do in that 50 short minutes yeah. is tell me that I want to go and find yeah, out more I, about I, this I, world. I, I think, you know, even though it, it kind of centred around the, the story between Gally and Hugo, I mm. think everyone else got enough enough story that you kind of felt for them. You know, you had yeah. you had some sort of attachment while watching it. Because mm. um, it's quite, you know, because this is the first time you've seen it, isn't it? And yeah, I, mean, this yeah. was, I owned this back in 97 or 98, whenever it came out. And I watched it a lot then. Um, mm. I bought the DVD when ADV released it in the in the US, um, mm. uh, probably ten years ago. Um, and I've watched it a few times, but I until I review, we watched it to uh, for this review. I, I hadn't watched it probably in five years. And actually, I think it's for me on rewatch. I think it stood up quite well. I still think I still like it and enjoy it as much. Um, as I did, um, as I, you know, as I did, you know, 20 years ago, really. So mm. I think it's, I think it stood the uh, test of time really, really well. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would say, I mean, I was born in the 90s, 94. So I would say for a first time watching it, I enjoyed it a lot more than a lot of the other 
episodic series or movies or OVAs that I would have seen in recent years yeah. since I've started. I only really started following anime properly maybe around three years ago, four years ago. But that was like, but it's very much of, of my time. So yeah, you, you get, it's just high quality, but it feels like it's hit this rut of just spiraling into regurgitating what the West wants. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but this, this, as a little like clutch of how exciting the eighties must have been to look forward to the future and be like, well, I mean, technology is advancing incredibly quickly. Look at all these different potential futures we could imagine. Um, and I think it's a, a pretty well done, enjoyable look at a horrible future. Yeah, I agree. I think that, I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, I do. So, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I mean, I was thinking about this as a score. I was kind of leaning towards a seven, but um, the more I think about it, actually, in, in talking with you, I think it's closer to an eight, an eight out of ten. Yeah, really. I, I'd give it an eight out of ten. Uh, <laughs> actually, I do think it does. I think a seven's probably a bit harsh to it because actually it does do a very mm. good job of. Um, mm. It doesn't. It doesn't open up too many plot holes within the characters that I wouldn't forgive it for. Well, actually, and I think that's. I think that's and that's a fair point as well because I think within the fifty minutes and the story it tells, it doesn't. It doesn't have gaping plot holes. I mean, I've watched fifty episode TV series mm. that have gaping plot holes in them you know and and this mm. doesn't this this kind of actually does wrap it up so yeah i, th- I think an eight i think an eight's a fair eight out of ten's a fair uh, eight out score of ten it, yeah. it does a good job of telling you what you need to know and yeah. very carefully treads around the subject of anything else so yeah, yeah so yeah because it's me. got and it's got rewatch value as well I think oh yeah you could come 100%. back to it again oh it's not something you'd watch probably every every few months but every few years you can easily come back to this and i think it will still it will always have a um, a level of quality, you know, a re what you know that will that you'll continue to enjoy. So indeed, yeah, excellent, good. Okay, so we'll move on to our second review. So the the second review today is uh, Grey Digital Target. So this was a feature length OVA released in 1986, um, directed by Satoshi Dazaki, uh, who is the brother of Osamu Dazaki. Um, the both quite prolific um, directors in the 80s and early 90s. Um, uh, Satoshi also directed... Um, well, the only, he's, His back catalogue is full of stuff which, uh, you know, has never got a release over here um, in the West. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I'd never heard of. I mean, some, some really obscure stuff, which actually might be quite good for this podcast. Um, yeah. Um, but for the stuff that people, you know, West that, um, would have heard of, he did Madball 34, which recently got a re-release, um, in, uh, Discotheque released it a few years ago and a film called They Were 11, which is actually something we may, um, it's a kind of sci-fi thriller thing that, um, Actually, it's probably quite a good contender for the to, for review on the podcast. Um, that was that was released by CPM Central Park Media back in the early 2000s. Uh, but again, quite an obscure title that probably is never ever going to get a re-release um, in the West. So I think that that might suit that. So quick synopsis: So Gray is a, a laconic trooper in a dystopian rough future. 
um, where the military system rewards success in battle and basically you get credits for the amount of people you, you kill and the more credits you get enables you to progress through... Uh, so there's basically three types of people in, in this future. There are people, there are troopers and then there are citizens. And, you know, everyone wants to become a citizen and live this life of luxury where you don't have to fight but you have to kill lots of people and get points to, to get there. Um... So, in this future, only 3.3%, I think, um, of the people ever Zero, get, yeah, to, 0.3%, yeah. get to it. So, um, Gray is this um, guy who's managed to um, survive, and he's quite often the only survivor of, of missions to, to fight other towns and whatever. And all these towns are controlled by a, a, a little mama, like a, a computer. And... Um, and this is earned um, Grey, the name Grey Death. I mean, he's and within a very short time, he's already at like level four. So he's only got two more levels to go before he gets to become a citizen. Um, and so the film starts off with him coming back from a battle, and he's again he's the only survivor. Um, he gets assigned to a new squad. Um, they go and fight, and again most of them get killed. His mentor Red uh, gets goes missing on a mission um something doesn't smell right to gray so him and um the only other survivor from it from the mission nova uh steal some stuff become fugitives and go and look for him um there's a there's a resistance that's fighting the the little mama system um and uh he joy he meets up the resistance goes to join them but the resistance actually attack him and he becomes a cyborg on on the resistance mothership called Negoshi. Uh, he ends up fighting, resisting the resistance. Um, he fights them, sort of wipes them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, keep going, yeah. keep reeling it. <laughs> he, um, he escapes. Um, him and Nova find the city, or actually, and the fact that there's yeah. In inverted commas, absolutely, Lewis. Um, and there's nothing there. It's all a big con. And he sees Big Mama, which is the computer, which is just playing the rem- remnants of humanity for, for you know, pawns in a its big game. And it ends with um, Grey and Nova attacking Mama, and that's it. So, so again, Lou, mm. what did you think of Grey Digital Target? Oh. Mother of God. Um, I don't know where to begin. I I liked it, but I also hated it for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I don't know. I only really cared about Grey, which I, I guess... Kind of, I think it's what... It's fine. It, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's what it fine that I only do. cared. Yeah, it's, it's fine that I only cared about Gray because it's his mission that we're mm. we're, we're we're witnessing and, and joining him on. Everyone else seems very inconsequential. Yeah. Um, maybe Red. Red is this um, father figure who obviously is 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 through some very awkward expositional dialogue is described as you know oh he was I mean if it wasn't obvious enough why he was he taught. Um, Gray, everything he know knows about staying alive and and, yeah. and everything else is explained for you in, in one of the moments where they're heading towards their next target. Um, so there's some 
for some reason, the movie does this thing where it uses expositional dialogue to explain things that are obvious, where you're asking questions about stuff that it will never tell you. Yeah. And, and then and you're sat, <laughs> I found myself sat there going, oh, but what, what is, what is that? Where are they getting? Uh, so, okay, so every town is being sold a different individual lie, but why? Is there a yeah. dip- Okay. Uh, and then, and then you're, you, you kind of want to be involved a little bit more with that. You want to see where that's going, but then it's just like, it, it says, no, 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 you've seen enough of that. Well, that was pretty, wasn't it? Come and have a look at this over here. Let me tell you about what this is. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, again, I, I liked Grey, but I, it, I liked it. You know, I've, yeah. I've, um, I saw it, I can't remember, I read an article on the internet probably five or six years ago and discovered it then, and over in that time I've probably watched it about a half a dozen times. Um, mm. Again, last time I, I watched it twice prior to this review, but I hadn't watched it for a, for a couple of years until that point. Um, mm. Yeah, I liked it, it was good. Um, it was kind of, <laughs> um, it was kind of full of tropes. Yeah. You know, like I say, Grey, you know, Grey is this, um, Grey is this one man army, which if you look back at mid eighties, um, not just, you know, you look at anime, uh, Ken Shiro from, from Fist and the North Star, you know, he's the one man army. Uh, but you look at a load of Hollywood stuff at the time as well, you know, Commando, Predator, um, you know, I can, a whole load of Arnie and, um, Stallone, films you know it was all it was yeah. all that one man soup soup you know yeah super, super soldier, soldier unstoppable. Yeah, unstoppable one man army thing so mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of anime that's like that so it, it's um you know it's kind of it is a thing of its time and i and you know and and that's kind of a nice thing you know because you don't see yeah. that in, and it you know it's it's and as an action film it's you know, it's quite entertaining. It's got some some good action hmm. in it and and everything. It's, yeah, some fantastic action. The, the explosions and everything else are, are very well done. The fight scenes are very very nicely animated. Yeah. There's there's lots of different there's lots of different assets that are put together for that in in different ways, like the robots and everything else. That detail and care and thought has gone into these encounters, but it's just awkwardly put together. There's some awkward fan service thrown in. Um, and it doesn't do while while Gray is this hollow husk of a man, um, and there's other people you know trying to fill what little piece of their narrative they can add into him to sort of make him a fuller human. Um, they don't really do it, and he sort of stumbles. In, in my opinion, he sort of stumbles into these res- re- resolutions and everything else that. Um, are only sold to the viewer as flashbacks. Mm. So, well, well, your inciting incident never really, uh, your inciting incident doesn't happen until quite late on because everything else is, is sold to you through these flashbacks. It's mm. like, oh, so this is why he's like that. Or Yeah, uh, and some of those flashbacks, I think, as well, are quite, again, it's quite a standard backstory. You mm. know, he was he couldn't be bothered. He was scared. He was living with this girl, Lips. You know, she gets raped by some soldiers comes back and you know he's too feeble to do anything about it she gets fed up she becomes a trooper gets killed you know comes back with Mm. his helmet with lips on it and you know that you know that sort of 
energizing him to, to do something about it, you know, and yeah, strive because so, uh, she was the one striving to be a citizen. Yeah, and like like uh, um, Galley, she's sort of, or sorry, not like Galley, like um, Hugo sort of wants to live out that dream for, mm. you know, their their a loved one yeah and, and it's it's obviously it's a, it's a story arc that that works but it's kind of just strangely sold through through flashbacks that makes sense in the moment um i think the only the best flashback for me was probably the first one where you do find out properly um when he has this sort of meaningless sex with with yeah. nova um and he's obviously just a complete just blank slate yeah. face over it, and you, you're like, oh, okay, so that's great. This is this is great. Um, but yeah, you uh, you had a problem, uh, and so do I, I. When you when you first told me uh, about it before I watched it about the pacing. Yeah, so I think, I think you know, for me that it it kind of has this leisurely two thirds that gets you up to the point where they meet the um, the Negoshi resistance mothership comes and captures them. You know, it feels like it's pacing out at a certain pace. Then all of a sudden they get on there and then the last third of the film, for me, kind of just clips mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Races past to the conclusion. So the, the in um, in contrast to... Because um, I think what's great about an hour and 15 minutes, isn't it? It's about seven. Yeah, it's very minutes. short. Very short. Short film. But whereas it's kind of about twice as long issues you know well it's not quite but you know given it's got an extra 25 30 minutes, 30 minutes compared yeah. to um gun um which is paced very very well this doesn't feel very well paced at all no and i try i tried to look it up i tried to do some research but i couldn't find whether like whether they ran out of money or whether like manpower or anything else was a problem because if it had if it was an hour and uh 30 minute long movie i reckon they could have done it quite nicely yeah if they could put can... ten more minutes into the end to kind of balance the pacing out. Yeah, but... ten, ten, fifteen minutes would have been perfect. You would have been able to sell me everything that had happened. But yeah, to get like you say, to get two thirds in and then just be like, oh, uh, we're getting close to our time limit. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what it feels like because they destroy all the other people on the go. She just destroys Alana or whatever the uh, the sort of queen of the resistance is called. Uh, Find Lala, the city. Yeah. Like, that's it. Uh, you know, destroy that. That crashes. They find the city. They find Big Mama, and 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 then that's it. The roll credits. Um, mm. It felt very very odd pace because yeah. it kind of spends a bit of time. You know, I mean, because all of most of the the characters that appear in Grey are other than Grey are just cannon fodder. You yeah. know, in there. I mean, people die quite. And and the thing is, they do all quite quite horrible deaths. And it's you know, it's very graphic in showing you the bullets. Yeah. Going through people's faces and almost and, like it's and, and it, like a metal or battle, yeah, yeah, a butter, yeah. It it, it it makes sure to show you it as 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 it's like bullet holes going through metal or something like yeah. that before before the rest of the uh, <laughs> the gore takes place and it's like oh this is yes okay yeah and it's, um, you know it's it's quite graphic and it, it sort mm. of it, it sort of dwells in that um, and the same thing you know because. And again, probably for the right reasons, it never it never kind of shows you citizenship, and then, and then you find no. out that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so. It's a, yeah. And and again, it, so it kind of plays that, but I mean, one of the other problems I, I you know, what leads 
what that leads to and the other problem i have with gray is is the, is the ending um because it, they literally they find big mama um there's all these robot sentry attack ships floating up around it um mm. and then gray and nova charge it as you know the other thing as these sentry robots charge back and it mm. stops with the feet you know with a still frame of them running towards big mama for this big battle that's about to start um yeah and, and I, i'm yeah i'm totally not willing to accept their relationship either because there is there's not really a single point unless it's just them two alone that gray is paying any attention to nova no yeah and and the last proper interaction he has with her before he gets taken onto the ship and made into a, a, a half cyborg, you know, just half cyborg or just a cyborg, um, is him frowning at her for holding her his ex-girlfriend's or ex-wife's yeah. helmet. Yeah. So like, and it, you can say, like that tells me immediately like he's still not he's not going to let go. No. This is this is uh, obviously he's carried this helmet with him everywhere and he's not going to let go. No. And then right before, and then obviously she comes and finds him very conveniently, gets and, and repairs a ship with that uh, with Robert, the the half, the 500 year old um, yeah. uh, cyborg man, it, he, who just who just happens to make an appearance and just happens to be immediately a very strong and, and likable character and nothing like his other uh, spoilers ahead if you haven't already guessed clones that uh, come from all the little mamas yeah, across yeah. Every, every other city and town. And that that he suddenly has this irreplaceable role in their in their overcoming of the, of, of of everything else that happens. So their their chance meeting with him has is just the most important thing that happens in that movie yeah. because everyone else everyone else dies yeah. and then suddenly this this half human that is completely against what Gray is originally fighting for, which is like, oh, it's, you know, they're near enough dead, I'll kill them anyway. Yeah. So he suddenly takes this half-bodied man <laughs> because he knows a little bit about something yeah. and, and then and then only pays attention to Robert um, and doesn't pay attention to Nova. But then you get to this final scene and this is what really peed me off is then for him to turn to her and be like, I finally have something to protect. Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I'm not willing to accept that you suddenly have feelings for her. Yeah, because yeah. the, the whole the whole situation again, and and that, and that's kind of the 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 Russian because you know the pacing. It's was there something missing out of that? You know, it's it's a very yeah. very abrupt about turn with <laughs> with the characterization and it it mm. doesn't all quite hang together because you know and the fact that they're willing to run off together in this ending because last night the ending for me feels like they either ran out of time, ran out of ideas. I mean, it, it works as an ending. It's it gets uh, yeah. what, you know, what, what could happen, whether they mm. had a sequel planned. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. I haven't read it's three volumes, isn't it? The manga, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you see, I, which is apparently the manga is very, very good. Um, yeah, I'm sure I, I, I should go and read it. I, I, I can't have any, um, any opinion on that without reading it no. but yeah i don't know i just i felt a little bit betrayed by some of the some of the choices made yeah um, in in the narrative yeah and i think it, i think it kind of it, it kind of starts to fall apart after that last um in that last third really where it, it suddenly rushes and wraps things up and things change so um mm. 
yeah. you know, the, 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 the cast, you know, is kind of fairly um, uh, derogatory. Um, you know, it, you know, it's sort of typical generic cast, and you know, it has that '80s view of gay men. You know, they're all sort of camp. Oh yeah, that, that promiscuous. One. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that uh, one sort of like. It's a weird thing to establish because they never touch on it again. No. It's just it's just a one like yeah this is bad we we don't like that. Yeah. Um, you know even though that was like what thirty seconds for that scene. Yeah. Could have used it um to better describe. Yeah, his, it was his, yeah his it team was kind conduct. of. Um, because the thing is the, the ending's a shame because I think it actually the opening scene, um, mm. is I think is really really good when you've yeah. got the red in the in the control tower, uh, truck. Um, and you see red come in, and it's got really sort of good, mm. like John Carpenter esque, you know, um, mm. sort of synthy Terminatory, you know, music. And I think that that first sort of two minutes, three minutes before the the title card comes up, um, yeah. I think is is a really really good opening. And then I say, then I think it's okay, but then it just yeah, it just kind of comes apart at the. Um, at the seams at the at the end there, so yeah. which is kind of a shame. Just, they really quickly brush over like Robert as he's climbing the inside of of, of this uh, hugely sar- this sarcophagus of lies is yeah. what I'm going to call it. Um, and he he just makes this passing comment like, "My son, I'm sorry, I won't live to see you get destroyed," and that's yeah. that's it. And then you're like, "What? Oh, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense because he's yeah yeah." Because they're yeah. all clones of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, all right then. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I can accept that. That is the one thing I'll let go because I'm, I, I, as, he, as it was all happening, I just kind of went, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. Should have seen that one coming. But, um, but that that gave me a little bit of false hope for the ending. Yeah. Um, and that set up a, a, a bit of taste in my mouth. Yeah. However, I would say watch it. More so than uh, Battle Angel Alita, I would I would I would suggest and recommend that people would watch that over Battle Angel Alita, simply because I want people to be as d- disappointed as I am. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's as good as 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 Battle Angel. I think you know, I mean, score wise, I think I think this is kind of a seven seven out of ten at best, six, six uh, to seven. Yeah, I, I would give it a six for myself. Um, just because there's a few things that I will not let go. Um, I, mean, yeah. I loved small parts, and I, I did love the first 25, 30 minutes. I thought that was pretty solid. Yeah, I, when I agree, um, I think the first yeah. yeah half an hour, 35, half an hour to 40 minutes is pretty solid. And then, yeah, it's just, it kind of tails off. I mean, I, one of the things I've, I've you know, things that I quite liked about it, I, I think it's, got, it's quite a funny joke when they still, when they're stealing the hardware. And Nova's in this fighter jet, you know, and he's on this oh, hover yeah, bike, yeah. and he goes, "Open your tail, I'm coming in hard." And, you know, she goes, "Oh, yeah. kinky," you know. I just yeah. that every time I watch that does does make me laugh. It's just yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of an out of place joke. Yeah, yeah, within, yeah it's awkwardly fan service. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't you, you never get that type of thing in anywhere in the runtime. But no, it it's just, at it that just, only one point. Yeah, that one it's point, just and it just, you kind of have this 
weird joke. So uh, yeah, it wouldn't matter. It would be cool and fine uh, if if they had that sort of relationship. Yeah. But again, Gray just shrugs it off and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. washes over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely, mm. complete indifference to it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. thought I agree. Yeah, six or seven out of ten. Yeah, six. Yeah, it's, six, it's watchable. It's not terrible by seven, any means, I, I, but it's. I not. would give it a seven, seven out of ten for action, and if you're just willing to like sit back and just be like, ah, entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but if you're really looking for a compelling and uh, a complete narrative. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it a six out of ten. Yeah, because I don't think the narrative is as complete as Battle Angels. I think, yeah, I think, mm. I think he's a Battle Angel within a, a much shorter running time is a far more complete story. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, okay, that wraps up the uh, the reviews for uh, for this episode. So, uh, so hopefully, we'll be recording again within a month. Um, I've laid mm-hmm. out the uh, episode content over the next three episodes. So, next episode we're um, we're really digging into some uh, obscure stuff. Um, we'll be looking at a rally OVA called. Goddamn, which is a bizarre name for a rally OVA, but you know, probably some bizarre Brilliant. translation or something. Tell me, initial D is coming up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll delve into initial D at some point. I'm sure we will. But um, yeah, right. goddamn, it's yeah, it's quite interesting. And and another uh, obscure uh, OVA from the 80s, Salamander, which is based on the um, popular scrolling uh, shoot 'em up 2D shoot 'em up which was a very, very popular um, arcade and uh, home console uh, title during the 80s. So, Was it on Neo Geo? Say that again? Was it on Neo Geo? Um, it might have been on Neo Geo. I think it's... Um, I mean, you can get it now on... Um, what's it called? MAME? Yeah, MAME Emulator. MAME it's Emulator, like, yeah. Gonna you can get, you can get it on an that. emulator on that. Yeah, I'll pick it up on emulator. So, uh, so yeah, I think I might have to delve into the uh, into the arcade. I'm I'm sure I've got it on. I've got quite a few main titles about. Um, yeah, but it was a popular, you know, um, it was a very very popular in Japanese arcades. Um, the, I can't remember what it's called, the PC Engine GT or whatever it was called, that NEC console. Um, mm. It was very popular um, on that. Think it got onto Nintendo Entertainment System, original NES, maybe Super Nintendo. Mm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, it was popular enough to uh, spawn an OVA series. So uh, so we'll, we'll take a look at that. Okay. So uh, so I think that wraps up um, the content for today. So uh, yeah. If I guess uh, I guess if anyone has comments or questions or suggestions they can email in can't they yeah so um email us via the website uh email address is ian at retroanimepodcast.com contact us through twitter twitter handle is at retroanime yeah mm. and if yeah. you have anything we want to focus on like i'll start a bit more touch on that we yeah. sure sure enough we'll take notes on that sort of stuff yeah feedback yeah. would be um very welcome i'll say we had a very positive uh Feedback response to the first one. We've we've had a look at things we liked and didn't like about it. So hopefully we've improved for this episode. But um, yeah, your 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 feedback would be welcome. So, okay, Lewis, we'll um, signing off. Signing off. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Bye, everybody.